0: even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki,
2: and welcome to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Uh, this weekend, they got the Summit Super Series appearing at Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure you get out there and, of uh, course, practice safe social distancing. At the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, we'll also like to thank David Hobbs Honda for their support. 6100 North Green Bay Avenue for the best in new and quality used cars at davidhobbs.com. And uh, joining me on the show today, it is the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski, How are you doing, sir?
3: Oh, fantastic, Steve. You know, I'm all uh, I'm all set here. I've got uh, my mask on. I got goggles on. I got my armor underwear on. I am ready.
2: <laughs> and uh, of course, we are on uh, 105.7 FM, the Fan, and uh, some breaking news here uh, coming from the Brewers. Uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, Lorenzo Kane has informed the Brewers organization that he will not participate for the remainder of the 2020 season. Uh, a statement from David Stearns, president of baseball operations and general manager, uh, goes on to say that we uh, fully support Lorenzo's decision. We will miss his talents on the field and leadership in the club in the clubhouse. And uh, Jeff, of course, you know with everything that's going on with the with the Brewers Cardinals uh, series uh, this weekend, and it certainly is uh, kind of frustrating for baseball fans what's going on, and you know to turn that 180 degrees. What's happening this weekend? You know we got Road America with the IMSA series and that, and I saw the uh, how they're restricting the paddock and everything firsthand uh, yesterday uh, up up at Road America is this is this something where baseball is going to be able to mitigate this or are they just going to throw up the flag uh what what, what do you see happening in the next uh, week or so
3: well i think that uh, throwing up the the white flag is the absolute last thing they want to do uh especially from a financial perspective with the money that um the tv contract and and stuff generates they uh not having any fans in the stands is is hurting the, the individual teams and everything as well. But uh, that TV money is one heck of a, a big chunk of the pie to sit there and give away. Now, obviously there was that huge outbreak with the Marlins and uh, you know, with as condensed as this 60 game season is already, it's going to be really hard to, uh, to make up those games. and, you know, I, uh, as far as Lorenzo Kane goes, I think that uh, you know, good for him if that's that's how he feels, and that's what he thinks is in the best interest for for him and his family. Um, it, the choice to sit out the season is obviously not a fair one. You've got guys like Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yelich and Brian Braun who've been afford to, to sit out 10 seasons and they're still set for life. And then you get the little guys, the the everyday utility guys, the guys, uh, most of the guys in the bullpen that aren't making a lot of money that know they have to pitch and they have to play day in, day out, no matter what they've got going at home, little kids, old people, whatever, uh, that, uh, you know, if, if they if they gave away this season, that they would sit there and and be hurting financially. So, you know, if uh, he obviously isn't comfortable playing this year, so, uh, you know, being a man of choice, more power to him. But it's it's, it's, going to be sad. He will definitely be missed out of that lineup. The glove, you know, we all saw how many home runs he's taken away and everything like that. He's a phenomenal defensive player as well. So Craig Council and the Brewers are going to miss him for sure.
2: Yeah, it certainly, you know, with with the situation with, you know, you have a clubhouse situation and of course, with football, baseball and basketball, whereas, you know, with auto racing, you can seriously do some, uh, you know, social distancing and and with, you know, it, it frustrating for me who. You know when there's a, when a problem arises, instead of just saying, well, okay, that's it, we can't do this. You know, okay, let's let's mitigate it. Let's how can we? You know, sure, these guys are testing positive. These guys are athletes, and and you know, in most cases, the majority overall, majority of those cases, you know, they 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 have some symptoms, and then they're better, and then you can move on. You know, and it's just kind of frustrating for me that where people are like, oh my God, this is just yeah yeah, it's a bad situation, but you know, let's. You know, I mean, World War Two is a bad situation. Did you just, should we just throw up our hands? You know, I mean, you got to deal with the stuff and move on. Now, there's there's also people saying, well, it's sports. You know, do we really need? Well, you know, we, we were fighting a world war and they they still played baseball. Yeah. You know, was it the was it was it quality baseball? No, because a lot of those guys, a lot of those baseball players were in the army and in armed services. So you had like uh, I think it was in 1944 the St. Louis Browns won their only World Series. You know, of course, you know, and then we might have a situation like that this year in one of the major sports. So I mean, it's just you know we, we have to deal with this, mitigate the 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 virus, and and, and move on. So this you know I, you know we we're having and we can also learn from our mistakes. Supposedly, allegedly, as like our friend. LaRoy B- B- Butler would like to say uh so the Cardinals were at a casino. so if that is true, I mean if if I was Rob Manfred, he won't do this, but I would make the Cardinals forfeit the game if that was the case. you know I if you guys it. went out, yeah, if you guys violated league rules like that, we're not making up those games. those are going to be forfeited games to the brewers and and, and use that as a warning shot for all the the other teams that we're taking this seriously because I'm seeing teams and organizations in motorsports taking it seriously. And I saw yesterday with uh, at Road America where, you know, you have everybody is wearing masks in the paddock and they've uh, they've mandated, the series itself has mandated, these drivers, and I, I was talking to Aaron Teelitz, and we'll hear him in the second hour, driver for the Lexus team with Jimmy Vassar, who will also be coming up here in the second half of this hour, um, you know, it, w- when you're in uniform or you're out and about, in public, you're you're, you're going to be wearing a mask. And we, we saw that last week at Kansas, too. Ryan Priest just hits the wall at over 150 miles an hour, gets airborne, twirls around, heavy, heavy impact. He gets out of the car, and, you know, he's all amped up because, well, he was taken out of the race, but, you know, the adrenaline's flowing. And he takes, like, three seconds to go, oh, wait, i got to grab my mask. <laughs> that is some discipline, isn't it, Jeff?
3: It absolutely is, and uh, you know I agree with you a thousand percent that the teams uh, that have the big outbreaks in in baseball, and if there's uh, if it ends up happening in in basketball and stuff like that, those teams should most definitely forfeit those games. I think uh, the rumor was that the the Miami Marlins that they all went out and hit the clubs and stuff like that, and that's the reason why 18 or 20 of their people. Tested positive for Corona, and so they should most definitely forfeit all those games. And uh, there, you know, sh- you can add uh, draft penalties on it. You can add financial penalties on it as well. And I don't think that's out of the question. Now, you know, for them to sit there and have like in the Cardinals' case, and if they did end up going to the casino, I agree. You know, forfeit the the games you have to miss. But if you have something where somebody just comes down with it through, you know, no real fault of their own. It wasn't a blatant disregard for the rules and uh, the safety measures that they have in place. Then you just move on. And that guy's got to sit out like they did with Jimmy Johnson. And He, you know, you can call it what you want. I call it a false positive test. And, um, that's, that's what I believe. But, uh, You know, he had to miss a race for it. It was the first race he ever, you know, he missed in his career, putting a just a long, long Ironman streak uh, to bed because of uh, because of, uh, in my opinion, what was a false positive. But this goes to show you what a phenomenal job motorsports in general, not just NASCAR, but motorsports in general from all you know, whether it's IndyCar, whether it's the whether it's the local uh, sprint cars and stuff like that that are constantly running. Kyle Larson just won up at Plymouth a couple days ago. Uh, and and uh, especially with the local dirt tracks, those guys are letting fans in the stands and all that kind of stuff. And you don't hear about these massive outbreaks. So uh, motorsports have, have done uh, an absolute phenomenal job. Road America obviously included. They've had many big events already with fans no fan limitations oh we're only letting in 25 percent we're only letting in 50 percent they said you know forget that our doors are wide open and they have done an amazing job to sit there and keep this thing under control and avoid a, a massive spread so you know we we talk a lot and we bash a lot on on NASCAR uh, you know most often, but we definitely have to give kudos where they're due and I think motorsports in general and the tracks like Road America and like uh, you know Plymouth and Wilmont and all that they deserve a hell of a lot of credit as well.
2: Yeah, they certainly do, and uh, uh, speaking of uh, racing and, and how, how they're mitigating this, which I think is very important to do, uh, you know, we, we, we have the Indianapolis 500 coming up in, in three weeks, and there's a little bit of controversy early, uh, in that uh, earlier in the week, and uh, IU Health came out with a report, and, and um, uh, I'm just going to read it here, what they came out earlier uh, down in Indiana. He goes, um, uh, IU Health... Uh, It goes, reads, "Uh, we appreciate the Indianapolis Motor Speedway's detailed plan to safely host the 104th running of the Indianapolis 500. We have concerns about the risks of infection beyond the scope of the IMS plan, including social gatherings, travel, restaurants, bars, accommodations, and other IMS-related activities. This could leave in a spike in COVID infections as we continue to see cases and hospitalizations rise every day until we sustain better control of this virus. It's spread. We encourage IMS to consider an alternate, alternate to running the Indy 500 with fans in August Now, this is what I and uh, kudos to IMS for uh, for uh, responding to this and this is their their response to that IMS's response reads IMS has put together a plan that will serve as a model for careful and conscientious management of events during this pandemic it is It is informed by expert advice and reflects our belief that with carefully considered precautions in place, it is not necessary or appropriate to return to shutting down events that are important to our state. Despite attempts by our organization to engage with IU Health leadership, we have not received a single suggestion from IU Health as to how to appro- how this approach might be improved. In contrast, public health officials from our city and state have engaged with us for many months. They've have given, have given us numerous suggestions that we have impl- implemented and they have approved for our plans subject to continued review. We remain open to meaningful input from IU Health that will improve our detailed operational plans as we move closer to race day. And they released the safety plan um, regarding the 500 in which they're opening up uh, many many more entrances for uh, for uh, the people that when they arrive to the event uh, they've shut down pretty much all, everything else you know all, all the other stuff around it the, the the gatherings and whatnot autograph sessions and whatnot and you know there's you know it, there's a really neat little YouTube it's a minute and a half YouTube. on on how to be safe when you attend the Indianapolis 500 with 25% uh, uh, attendance there. So, I mean, I I thought this is really important that what we're trying to do, and one thing that IMS has in its advantage is a a two-and-a-half-mile immense uh, facility. So with that, you know, you can properly social distance and everything and follow the rules and and we we say this about road america too and even facilities like great you know great lakes dragway and union grove when there's areas that you can spread out and about why not why can't we have events jeff
3: yeah exactly and that is a perfectly worded way of saying f you uh to you know the uh the health people in indiana uh by ims and good for them you know, heaven forbid that uh, there's a, uh, a better way and a uh, private business can, can come up with a better way to, uh, to do what the government can. And the fact that they sit there and said that absolutely no suggestions were sent by the Indiana Health Department on what could be changed or added to make it better, you know, just goes to show that, uh, you know, they're just trying to a implement things that probably don't need to be implemented, and B they have no plan themselves. So a lot of it is uh, them trying to CYA uh, in case you know, some, you know, heaven forbid something bad happens. But it's all about CYA, and it's not about the the health or the revenue that that's going to be coming in or anything like that. So. Uh, like I said, kudos on their statement, on their plan, and uh, I'm so happy that Penske is running that show because if it wasn't Penske, I don't know if we would get the uh, the big FU uh, wow. like we're getting, and, uh, I, and it's only going to benefit racing as a whole and in the, Indi- in, uh, in the people of Indiana, so, you know, good for them.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see just how, how they go about and, and uh, you know, with, with you know, they, they're going to have a full week of practice the week prior. And uh, apparently what it sounds like, the, the the facilities, the grandstand facilities will be open and not on any given practice day, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we get more or less than what we've had in the past because there's a lot of people eager to get down there and see some racing even if it's just practice. And it's nice, just, let's be honest, just to get out of the house. So, you know, I mean, you, you could put 20,000 people in the IMS facility and just open up the main grandstand. There's more than enough room to spread out. So, you know, I, I think it's a definitely a doable plan. And if everybody follows, wear your mask. I mean, I was wearing a mask yesterday at, at Road America, and it was mandated, you know, especially in the paddock. And, you know, it, it just, it, it's just common sense. And then when I'm out and about in turn five, there's nobody around me. Well, I don't have to wear a mask because you're – you know, you're not close to anybody, so it, it's it's just it's it's a lot of common sense, isn't it, Jeff?
3: Yeah, it's all common sense,
2: and uh, you
3: mm-hmm. know, I think that you know, I'm, I like I said, I I give major kudos because I think people are starting to realize that uh, you know, private business and personal uh, uh, choice and freedom is uh, is going to rule the day here instead of government intervention and. You know, I think this whole thing is, is, you know, obviously the the virus is serious and there's a lot of people getting it and all that kind of stuff. But the fact that, um, and of course, you know, government thinks that, that, you know, their way is the best way and uh, and that they can sit there and, and run this health crisis uh, better than, than any private business could. And if you want proof that they can't run anything, go to the DMV. Uh, but... <laughs> The fact that there is such a good plan in place, such an immense facility, like you said, Bristol had fans, and granted, it was only like thirty thousand in a place that holds what a hundred and fifty. But they had fans. Do you hear of a of a massive outbreak of the of the people that went to Bristol? And the answer is no. So, you know, I I'm, I'm proud of racing as a whole, because they have definitely seemed to be doing it right. The fact that the NBA and they're, you know, obviously locked in their little Orlando bubble, you know, it was a funny story of the guy, uh, you know, with the uh, funeral leave. And then he goes and picks up food at a, uh, an establishment that I would visit. And, uh, you know, but Nothing has happened, and their their (laughs) test rates are are almost, you know, but pretty much at zero within the bubble. So there are ways for this, for sports to go on and for people to still be safe. And it's good to see. And again, just, you know, it's what a phenomenal uh, job racing in general has done, the NBA is doing, and we'll see if uh, the guys in baseball and football can, uh, can get it together and hopefully the same success
2: as well okay well jeff uh let's take a quick break here because we got josh josh bulicki coming up in the next segment Uh, looking forward to him next race next week nascar already xfinity series upper road america looking forward to that so let's take a quick break when we come back we'll chat with uh race car driver josh bulicki coming up next on the final inspection show to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove along with David Honda, and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is NASCAR driver Josh Balicki. How are you doing today, Josh?
4: Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. It's, much appreciated. Having
2: me. it's much appreciated. Well, it's good having you on the show again, and uh, we certainly appreciate you taking time out in your busy schedule, and uh, this is pretty neat because next week... Uh, you'll be up at Road America for the Henry's was it 150 I believe Xfinity race and uh, that's your home track so you gotta be pretty excited about coming back to uh, Road America.
4: Yeah, the the Henry repeating Arm 180 uh, next week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You know, looking back, this is this is already my fifth consecutive year racing the uh, the Xfinity Series race at Road America. So time time definitely flies. Uh, you know, we have our best result here at this race from 2017. Uh, with the same team that I'm going to be driving for next weekend. I'll be in the number 99 Toyota Supra. Uh, so hopefully we can one-up that. And, you know, there's there's no practice or no qualifying on the schedule. So we're um that, that definitely fits into my benefit because I have a lot of track time, a lot of experience at Road America. So hopefully we can go get there and, and uh, get a top ten that would be really big for us or even a top five. I, I see that being realistic here.
3: Well, obviously, Josh, you've got uh, the state of Wisconsin behind you being
4: a uh... – a Wisconsin
3: boy, and uh, I, uh, I'm in the falls. Uh, I live in the falls now, and I know that uh, that's where you're from. So that's uh, that's awesome. Now, do you find it hard when uh, when you're you know kind of bouncing around series to series? You you've raced some Cup races, some truck races, obviously Xfinity series this year. Do you find it hard to sit there and get comfortable with no practice, no qualifying? Stuff like that in the different uh, cars and trucks that you're driving on on a weekly basis.
4: Uh, t- to be honest, I, I haven't had much much of a difficulty with it this year, and I think part of that is because I bounced around so much. Um, and even in my past career, which was basically driver coaching in, in the sports car world, you just kind of have to get in a car and, and you know know the limits right off the bat and get comfortable and just kind of go at at 95 to 100 percent so it's kind of what we're doing right now with no practice or qualifying you know we just kind of get in the car um you know our teams have to do a, do a, a phenomenal job they have been doing a great job getting the cars ready and uh, make sure that they're you know their their setup's not off when we hit the track for the first time because it is uh it's a lot of trust in these guys barreling off in the corner at 180 190 for the first time and trusting that you know the splitter is not going to be on the ground or you know everything's going to be in place but you know like i said the teams have been doing a really good job um, this year I've had more cup starts than anything. So staying in the cup series, I think I think we're at 10 races this year already in the cup series. Um, that's definitely definitely helped, just just learning and growing myself. Uh, but taking a step back to the Xfinity series at Road America, um, believe it or not, these Xfinity cars are actually harder to drive than the cup cars. So, um, you know, like I said, Road America, definitely a, a high on my list. And I think we can go there and run really well uh, with no practice or qualifying. I think we'll probably be the best off. Uh, besides Chase Briscoe, who's up there racing this weekend in the IMSA series, uh, but but still, I think I have a lot more laps than anybody else, uh, maybe with the exception of Andy Lally or uh, AJ Allmendinger. But it should be a yeah, it should be a good weekend. Uh,
2: when you're racing Road America, you know with the Xfinity cars up there. We've seen. Well, let, let's let's face it. We'll, we'll we'll call it some sketchy racing and moves, uh, especially late in a race. Is there a way that uh, if uh, let's say you're in position, you're coming into turn five or especially into turn 14, is there a way that you know you see a guy in your rearview mirror and he's getting real antsy? Is there a way that you can protect yourself? Is there any type of strategy you can do to kind of help that? You know, I think the only really you know,
4: real thing you can do is probably give up the position. But, you know, if you're racing for the lead or for a top 10 or top five, you know, for that matter, uh, you obviously don't want to give up the position. So you just kind of have to brace for impact for the most part. Um, we, we ran at the, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway at the road course for the first time ever uh, on July 4th. And we had a really fast car. We were eighth in practice. Uh, we were running in the top 10 uh, during the second stage. And it was coming down to the end of the second stage. Everybody wanted stage points. We were in seventh and uh, we just got used up. I mean, people use the bumper and it's, it's one tough thing about being a small team. Um, on these road courses, we, we can run up front with the big teams, but the big teams and all those drivers aren't used to the little teams and little guys like myself running up there. So they'll just use a bumper and move us out of the way. And, you know, that definitely hurts us. And at, at indy it really hurt us because we had a lot of damage to the car and we weren't nearly as fast at the end of the race uh, like we were in the beginning of the race so it's something where you know on my end i just need to brace for impact more and and you know maybe return the favor too you know people need to know that there's drivers like myself you know like i said andy lally aj Amadinger, who aren't in the series full-time but they can race up front with these guys and hopefully uh you know hopefully that doesn't happen to us at road america it it did last year we uh, we were running top 10 with with a couple laps to go and we got moved out of the way so it's uh it's just something that you see in this form of racing a lot
3: yeah that's what i was gonna say i hope uh you use the chrome horn and sit there and and teach those guys a lesson because you're at a i just you know coming off the, the the trailer you're at a disadvantage because your team doesn't have as much money as as the bigger teams and uh a fact that, you know, you're sitting there, you're running at Road America. It's your home track. You've got so many laps on that track. Uh, road racing, you know, is is in your blood. So the fact that they would sit there and think that they can move you out of the way because, oh, we're not used to seeing this car up front, uh, you know, drives me nuts. And obviously if, um, you know, if if it was on just a, a, a typical oval and you sit there and, and, and get into a habit of, of moving the, uh, the more well-funded teams out of the way, it's going to hurt your reputation as a driver. But, you know, when, when you're on your home track on, on road courses that you're used to, to dominating and to, to running exceptionally well at, I,
4: uh, I'm i cheering for you and your chrome horn, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You're definitely not the first one to tell me um and, uh, yeah, just something that coming from sports car racing, that was never, you know, that never was accepted. You know, you get penalties for that. And, and coming over to NASCARs, it happens almost every race in, in a road course. So it's definitely something that I'm not used to. Uh, but BJ McLeod, they're giving me a really good car this weekend, next weekend. And we'll, you know, we'll do whatever we need to, to stay up there and to, um, you know, get towards the front, too.
3: Yeah, fantastic. Sorry, Steve. I'm going to ask one more question here. What would be your what would be your ideal trophy that if you could win one race, and you know whether it's the Indy 500, whether it's uh, you know a a race at Road America, um, the Daytona 500, what would be your dream trophy to have in your trophy case when all is
4: said and done? That's a really tough one. Um, You know, obviously the Indy 500 and Daytona 500 are are two of the biggest races, you know, arguably in the world, for sure in the country. Um, You know, the 24 Hours of Le Mans has always been on my bucket list over in France. Um, I I would probably have to say the 24 Hours of Le Mans because that's a total team effort. Um, You know, my my background is sports car racing, and I still love sports car racing. and, And one day I hope I'm able to go over there. Obviously, you know, I think it would be really cool to win the Daytona 500. Um, the Indy 500, I think, is a little bit out of reach for me. I'm not saying it's, it's completely off limits. If I had the chance to go run an Indy car like you see Jimmy Johnson did uh, last week, I think that would be really, really cool. Uh, but just in my position right now, you know, I can't be bouncing around too much uh, between, you know, open wheel or, or sports cars, NASCAR. and NASCAR. I'm pretty committed to, uh, to to NASCAR right now. Uh, but I would say, you know, hopefully after my NASCAR career is done, I can go out and have some fun and, and go to the 24 Hours of Le Mans and, I consider myself a, a decent road racer, so who knows? You know, I, I really hope somebody could take the chance on me and, and go over there and win that race. I think that would be huge. You should sponsor him, Steve. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're, we're talking with Josh, Belich, Josh Balicki on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Final question, uh, Josh. Uh, you're, it, it's really cool how, uh, you know, with, with – The finances and and, you know auto racing what they are today that you've been able to do this and 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 how you're able to put a lot of business to business uh sponsors together and especially coming up with road america next weekend uh feel free to kind of mention some of the businesses uh, that have helped you out in the past and who are going to be helping you out uh, up at road america next week
4: yeah we've had a, a lot of great sponsors this year and throughout my whole career too you know this year we've had insurance king being one of my primary sponsors uh, we added a couple new ones, Junction Fuels and RBR Aviation. They were my partners the last couple of weeks in the Cup Series. Um, the Boss, the Builders Outlet Superstore in Texas, they've been a big supporter of mine. And uh, we, we haven't actually announced who our partners are for, for Road America yet. So if you guys are listening to this and want to stay updated with that, go follow my Facebook at Josh Racing. Uh We'll have some press releases and some cool renderings coming out uh, next week, uh, early next week, probably on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I can tell you that. There'll be several existing partners on the car, but also several new ones. So it's uh, it's going to be really cool. Uh, Road America is one where it's um it's obviously so close to home for me that it's important for me to have you know a, a lot of partners on the car. So we have we have everything we need to go there. You know all the right tools, a full allotment of tires, and uh, you know we have everything we need to go there and, and compete up front. So I'm just I'm just excited for it, and I uh, I really appreciate the support from everybody. Yeah, that's all right. awesome. So well, brief- best of luck to you.
2: Yeah, certainly. We're looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see you next week up at Road America. Best of luck. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, we'll be talking with Jimmy Vassar next, coming up after this. final inspection show brought to you by the legendary great lakes dragway in union grove along with our friends at david hobbs honda and uh we got a full show today joining me of course is the polish pipe on jeff orlowski we just talked with the nascar driver josh balik here are waiting on jimmy vassar uh, we're gonna have three questions with larry coming up at the top of the hour we'll also be talking with guy hobbs live from road america imsa weekend of course and then we had a uh, uh, I chatted with Aaron Teletz, uh, who drives for Vasser Racing, along with Michael Shank, team owner of MSR Racing, who has teams not only in the IMSA series but also the IndyCar series. So had some interesting conversations with them yesterday. Uh, looking forward to getting those on the air in the second hour. Uh, Jeff, uh, I was able. Uh, we were actually in the paddock yesterday, doing some observing and whatnot. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, the Acura. Team Penske is where the fastest now. Some background on that: of course, Acura is pulling out of the series uh, from Team Penske at the end of the year, and of course, so the next race they go out. And right now, they're the fastest up at Road America. But it is interesting. We we're by the uh, the inspection uh, the inspection garage, and you know the you know they, what they do is they do the inspections by class. So you have your you know your GT cars go through, and then your prototype two cars and then the big prototypes. And I see the, the the I see these two Penske prototypes, you know, pull up, and then they gotta kind of back out of the way because the GT cars. I'm going, yeah, that's typical Team Penske. They're the first ones in line, ready for inspection. You know, they were there probably 15 minutes before any other team showed up. They were ready to go. You know. All the guys are, you know, shirts tucked in. They all got their masks on. They all look impeccable. I mean, it, it it's so Team Penske. It was, it was just so funny to see. I just made that you know, observation as we're sitting there, you know, watching watching this go on yesterday. It was just, I thought, yeah, that that's Team Penske.
3: Yeah, of course. And uh, that's how they operate. That's, you know,
2: that,
3: that's why they're uh, so successful. They're ready, you know. If if you had, you know, five dollars for every time that Team Penske is trying to rush around and uh, especially before a race and get something fixed or address last minute issues, you would uh, you would probably be a very poor man because uh, what a finely run organization that is. And uh, they they always seem to have all their ducks in a row and they come off the truck ready, ready to
2: to run and to run fast. Yeah, and I also got to see the new uh, Corvette, IMSA uh, Corvette, rear, mid-engine Corvette up close yesterday. And what a what a neat machine. Well, they, they're all neat machines, but that Corvette is just so cool. And the, the interior too of it, how they have it laid out. I mean, it, it's like a jet fighter in there. I mean, with all the gauges and, and buttons and whatnot in there, I mean, it looks like a cockpit of an F-16 in there. I mean, just really, really cool, the, the, the technology in that in, involved in those cars, and uh, just good-looking cars, too. Uh, you know, we talked with Aaron know uh, with the AIM uh, Sullivan Vassar Racing Team, and now that Lexus car, that's a good-looking car. I mean, you know, it's really cool the diversity that IMSA has, and you know, they're you know, with the manufacturers involved, especially on the GT, is pretty healthy. Prototype, uh, a little bit of a struggle with the manufacturers coming in and out and whatnot, but yeah, it's certainly those are certainly neat cars. If you get a chance, I truly, truly, you know, so come on up to Road America this weekend, check out those cars. It is pretty cool stuff.
3: Yeah, it is, and it's going to be such a nice day when the uh... Corvette that that you bought me up there yesterday gets delivered to my house. I I am really looking forward to that, Steve. And uh, thank you for the early Christmas present. I uh, can't wait for delivery day.
2: So as of now, we got uh, the Acuras right now are 1-2. We're 1st and 2nd in the First Road America IMSA practice for the prototypes quickest uh, out there. And, uh, you know, it's not only the cars on the track, but off the track too. I mean, when you go out there Road America uh, and even Great Lakes Dragway too, I mean, if you're going to go to a racetrack and you have the family truckster or your little sports car, you know, most cases you're going to take the sports car or your hot rod or whatever you want to do to the racetrack. So a lot of cool cars up there too. And it's, it's just, it's like going to, not only there's a race there, but it's like having a, a car show right at the track too, isn't it, Jeff?
3: It is. And that's what makes, uh, You know, the IMSA series and Great Lakes Dragway and all the local dirt tracks. And that's what makes it fun is the fact that you can get up side by side with these cars, look underneath the hood, check them out. It's not everything is not 800 miles away like it is in NASCAR. You know, if you ever think that you're going to see under the hood, besides some TV pictures on pit road. Uh, under the hood of a NASCAR, good luck. And, uh, you know, if you get that opportunity, more power to you. But the fact that, you know, you can get down into the paddock right next to these cars, you can see the teams working on them, what they're doing, all that kind of stuff, it, it makes the experience that much more fun. Like every time I bring my kids to, uh, a, you know, the local dirt track or any of the dirt tracks around, and after after the racing program is open or over, they open up the pits and they're able to sit there and uh, well, at least before uh, the whole uh, Corona thing, they you know meet the drivers and shake their hands, say hi, check out the cars. It, it just it adds a huge amount to the experience for you know me personally, uh, just being a, a auto racing lover. But, you know, for the whole family, and uh, that's what makes Road America and Great Lakes and all the all the smaller dirt tracks and everything, makes it a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, and then for those uh, joining the broadcast, uh, we had breaking news at the top of the hour, and, of course, breaking news on the fan is brought to you, Ben Pennzoil. Motor oil is made from natural gas. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Uh, Lorenzo Kane of the Milwaukee Brewers has opted out for the rest of the 2020 season. So uh, that is certainly uh, kind of breaking news. that broke uh, roughly about uh, just over an hour ago, and uh, Brewers released a statement on that, you know, supporting his choice uh, by doing that. And it'll be interesting, interesting to see because we're seeing that a lot in the NFL, Jeff, especially with the New England Patriots. And then, uh, of course, this week with, with, the, uh, with the Packers uh, have lost uh, the one player so far, the wide receiver. And it, it's, you know... Is, are we in danger of seeing more of this on uh, on the MLB side?
3: Maybe, but there was also that guy that uh, originally opted out that decided to return to his team. So I think you're going to see a couple guys jump back and forth. But, um, you know, I'll tell you one guy who hasn't opted out is uh, Dennis Michelson.
2: Yeah, and we'll be talking to him coming up next on the Final Inspection Show after this.
0: Final Inspection Final Inspection Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing
2: And hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove along with our friends at David Hobbs and, uh, Dennis, good to, good to hear you again, sir How are you doing? Mr. Zucky, I'm doing great. And uh, some, uh, a lot of NASCAR news, not necessarily on track this week, but uh, one I thought was interesting here is the Daytona road course races that are coming up here, and they added a little wrinkle to it. They added a chicane coming out of which would be Oval Track 4, which is now going to be turn 13 and 14. And I, I guess it makes sense because we've seen the 24 hours at Daytona, the start of that race. And, you know, when they go into the road course turn one, you know, it, it's kind of tough and everybody's full of adrenaline and you get a lot of guys skidding off and whatnot. Doing that with 40 uh, uh, cup cars, God knows what could happen. Is, is, isn't that the case, Dennis?
1: I don't know. You've got a proven track. Like how long? How many years have they been running the the Rolex 24 on the Daytona Road Course? Like forever, right? Like I can't even count how how old that event is. And the only change that happened to the track happened maybe 30 years ago when they added the bus stop in the on the backstretch because of the excessive speed that the guys were carrying all the way through the oval and into Turn One. As long as you have that bus stop on the backstretch. I don't know why the greatest stock car drivers in the country need another way to slow them down. All it's going to do is another place for them to crash. I, I don't understand it. I'm, I, when I saw that come out, I'm like, I can understand it at Charlotte where they're not sure how stock cars behave on, a, on that weird roval thing that they built uh or that they tried to uh race stock cars on which was a horrible idea still i contend is still a horrible idea yet they'll keep doing it but yeah. at daytona the track is proven why screw with it
3: yeah and i'm surprised i i would have thought that nascar and the cup series would have chosen a Road America over a Daytona road course. And, uh, you know, it it, it caught me by surprise because when we talked to um, some of the guys up at Road America, you know, they they said that they were in constant talks about possibly bringing the, the Cup Series there this year because of canceled races and trying to fill out the calendar and everything. It just, to me, it obviously would have made a hell
1: of a lot more sense for them to head
3: up to Road America than it does down to Daytona.
1: Either that or Road Atlanta, because, of course, the folks at Daytona, you know, the NASCAR, a whole big group, owns Road Atlanta now. So why not run a real road course like Road Atlanta, which has already been proven to be effective with stock cars because the old Bush series ran it for years? Again, I don't understand the need to do this. Um, Why not use a real road course? Or if you're going to use the Daytona road course, just keep it the way it's been. Um, Again, it's NASCAR tinkering with something that probably didn't need to be tinkered with. But a lot of these changes are coming because a lot of these states are still not allowing NASCAR to come and hold races. So they're kind of, patching and filling the schedule as they go. Um, the interesting thing this week is I'm just so, so glad that the racing gods were in charge of schedule making because here, you know, you got NASCAR going to the magic mile of New Hampshire motor speedway right after legendary promoter, Bob bear dies. who was responsible for that track. That's this racing God thing. Hey, we're still in control here. it's it, that was in my mind, that was the coolest thing that, that has happened in NASCAR from a tragedy is that we're going to the track that Bob built.
2: Yeah, certainly uh, Bob, they're a long time supporter of of uh, the track that uh, I think it was nineteen ninety uh, started. and uh, for those wondering uh, for about the Daytona road course, uh, four races. Friday, August 14th, we're going to have the Arca Menard Series there uh, on Friday uh, Friday evening. And then Saturday, we're going to have on, on the 15th, the Xfinity Series, late afternoon race. And then two races on Sunday, August 16th, Truck Series kicks things off at noon Eastern time, 11 o'clock our time in, in the Midwest here. And then uh, later that day at 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock is the Cup Series and all the races will be on TV from MAV-TV, NBC Sports, Fox Sports 1, and the big network on NBC. I wanted to touch base with you on this, uh, Dennis. We've been advocating midweek cup races for years on this show. We finally got them this year. However, uh, besides us, not too many people have been watching them on TV. (laughs) What's going on?
1: It just shows that even with no other sports, on the air because until this week, you know, there was no competition, there was no basketball, there was no baseball, there was no hockey playoffs going on, even with no competition. You know, you're going against, you know, reruns of the deadliest catch and you you can't pull an audience. I mean, it's to me it just shows that this idea that you can have midweek racing and have people's interest will not work if it's just a regular nascar race if you do something like the dirt race at eldora or you do some special kind of a challenge or an all-star race maybe you're going to pull a little better number but those numbers for kansas speedway were just atrocious but i can't say as i blame anybody because the racing there except for the restarts again you know five laps Away from a restart, you have decent racing. Otherwise, you don't really have a whole lot. And I am really puzzled why NASCAR did not hold a race over the weekend last weekend. I just, to me, the whole scheduling thing has been such a patch and fill. I'm sure that TV time had a lot to do with it, but there wasn't a whole else on last weekend. It would have been a great weekend to compete. Um, and they have a race, but they had a Thursday night instead. I'm I'm just at a loss for some of the decisions we see being made nowadays.
3: Yeah, I am too, and I'll tell you that uh, it seems like one hell of a long layoff from last Thursday night to them only running on, on Sunday this week, and with the Sunday race being the only race on the schedule. No trucks, no Xfinity, no anything, so... Uh, you know, right when I think I'm starting, you know, I'm, I've watched so much racing, uh, since the return and all that. And you think you're starting to get burned out and then they, there's like a 10 day layoff and now I'm itching for it again, real bad. So I, uh, I agree with you, Dennis. I think they, uh, they missed the ball, uh, last weekend and, uh, and then not having Xfinity or, or the trucks going, uh, going this weekend.
1: Yeah, there, there's just such a – it's just a sort of a patch and fill thing. And, again, it's above my pay grade right, to understand why or how they're doing this.
2: Now, let's not forget, we had racing last night. We had Sam Mayer getting his first ARCA win at Toledo. So there's racing on MAV TV, for those who may have missed that. And uh, they're running today also the ARCA Menard Series at Toledo. So a couple races, our friend Jim Tredo, of course, on TV doing those oh, so uh looking forward to watch that and, so, Tony and we will...
3: all-star circuit has been running yeah. uh, kyle larson won up here at plymouth and sheboygan uh a couple days ago and what a big shocker he won again last night so uh you know his string of dominance just is, is continuing he's having himself a uh a season for the history books that's
1: for sure Yeah, great to see the All-Star circuit, the All-Stars and uh, IRA Outlaw sprints running together. That was a good show. He had had some really good talent up there that that Larson had to beat. And yet again, he was able to do it. And, you know, I love these rumors about who he's going to race for next season because I got to believe that he's going to come race in NASCAR again next season and it's interesting because I'm also hearing some rumors again about a few NASCAR teams, including one large one um that might not be back next year, so it's gonna be interesting to see are there fewer rides who is going for those rides? who's the one left out, and are there you know one or two less real attractive rides next year? That's the way it's kind of shaping up right now. And it's an even sillier silly season without things going on at the track right now regularly.
2: Yeah, real real quickly, guys, uh, we have Loudon, uh, we have Eric Amarillo who drew the poll for tomorrow's race. Uh, Let's just get some winners here real quick. Uh, Dennis, what do you got? I'm taking Kevin Harvick, uh, Short, basically runs like a short track, like a one-mile
1: flat track. I'm going to take Mr. Kevin Harvick. He's been really solid all year long.
3: I want to say Kyle name. Bush, but uh, every time I say it, he hasn't won. He's been so disappointing. <laughs> uh, he's The fact that he's down in 12th in the points, it's phenomenal. And now I'm rooting for him to slip to 13th, so he's not guaranteed one of the honey starting positions in the top 12. I would love to see him start more races back in uh, 20th or 24th. And uh, he thinks he has arrow problems now. Just wait till he starts back here. <laughs> Give me Ryan Blaney uh, for the win.
2: Blaney, okay, I uh, will go with uh, Denny Hamlin. Why not? Because he seems like yeah, he's winning not? everything. So we'll see what happens with that. So uh, Dennis, we think uh, certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule today. And looking forward to chatting with you again. Coming up next, after the top of the hour, we'll be talking with Larry Janicek. We'll take three questions with Larry. And then when we come back from that, we'll have Guy Hobbs live from Road America coming up after this on The Final Inspection
0: Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.